Radio check. Loud and clear. Radio check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. Don't stop. He's with you, Jack. With his Honestly. I've gusted. I've absolutely gusted. I enjoy this so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody, welcome on in. It's another edition of Mode Push, an American view of F1, our podcast where we break down everything in the F1 world, according to our view here, stateside. Alex Curie, your host, Dan Jimenez, your other host, as usual, uh, joining us. And we were just, uh, as we were chatting about stuff to uh, get going on the on the program today, Dan, we have so many things to jump into because we have the actual race that happened in Spa last weekend, and then we have all of the front half of the year to kind of do a little bit of some uh, poor man's fake uh, awards for the first half of the (laughs) season. So we have a lot of fun things to cover today. First, uh, this is something we didn't, you and I didn't really break down at all because I like just kind of jumping in fresh on these things. Impressions of Spa and kind of how the race ended up. And it seems like we're getting, aside from Max Verstappen, it really is a mixed bag every dang weekend, which I, I think you could be kind of excited about, all things considered. Yeah, yeah, that's the story of the season. It, and this weekend was just more of that where if, if and there's a lot of out, people out there like on Twitter and such that are running these scenarios, like if Red Bull just didn't exist, <laughs> what would this season look like? It's not even that. It'd it's be, like if Max didn't exist. <laughs> even if Max didn't exist, it'd be the closest title fight we've ever oh. had with like both the drivers and the constructor championships would be within like 20 points between first and second and within like, 50 points like first through fourth or something so it it's been an amazing season with the asterisks of just max being the most dominant you know driver that we've seen in a long time so on the 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 whole on the whole the weekend i thought was you know very entertaining i think you know half you know 20 laps into the race 14 laps into the race whenever max took the lead we knew what was going to happen then but i think the through the sprint um and qualifying and everything with the rain coming and going i think it was pretty entertaining weekend it it was kind of funny to watch checo for one brief moment think that he may like he's going this is what i was talking about before the season this is what i was going to be champion you know like in those (laughs) like remember I, i don't know how many races it was into the season was it max had three and checo had two and they were going into miami and then he kind of you know he kind of uh you know, I think in that sixth or seventh race, he kind of he kind of craps a bed, and 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 you're kind of like, oh man, now nah, but next one, this next one, he might be able to show up, and it's just like race after race, Max just keeps just absolutely obliterating, not just the entire field. Like I'm trying to figure out if it's more embarrassing to be Checo or if it's more embarrassing to be like you know Ferrari, who you know is just like we're the fourth or fifth best car this weekend, we don't know, or when they finish on the podium, they go, it's awesome, but we're not even close to. Uh, you know, to to Red Bull. I, I mean, it's just so hard. Would everybody in this car would check? Would uh, would would Charles Leclerc finish twenty two seconds behind Max if he were in that other Red Bull? Uh, that's the big question. And even this week, there was an interview with Lewis Hamilton where he said that if he was in that car, 
that he would be giving Max a tighter, you know, uh, you know, competition than Checo is. So I think the other drivers are even speculating that they could be doing better in that seat than, than Checo. And I, you know, I think that there's no question that Lewis is a better driver than Checo, but, uh, yeah, the target continues to come back to him that, uh, he's, he was our only chance at a competitive driver's championship. And, uh, yeah, ever since Max got around him in Miami, there's been no looking back. So, uh, Fortunately, I think the the uh, the die has been cast on who the championship uh, driver champion is going to be this year. And so what we're playing for for the rest of the year is to see how I think the other teams progress in the back half of the season and um, start to make it more competitive and hopefully drum up a more, uh, you know, tighter, tighter fight for next year. Uh, you and I had kind of signed up Williams to be the uh the semi super I don't know why we would ever go watch out for Williams this weekend like I mean I know that they've I know Alex Albon's had some pretty good stretches and Logan Sargent keeps getting close but those were those guys were I don't know I I, I shouldn't pile on and go Williams was the most disappointing to me but I was really thinking that, that Logan Sargent was going to score his first points there um I think Daniel Ricardo could be lumped in that list of guys who underperformed in that one especially considering that kudos to Yuki who showed up and goes, yeah. stop talking about, about uh, Daniel Ricardo so much um, and scores a point for a normally pointless Alpha Tower team uh, who, who go into these races. I think Esteban Alcon was, was he the driver, the driver of the day? Um, I think, um, I, I think after everything he may have been, at least he received a lot of, a lot of votes. Cause I think he went from 16th to eighth and he kind of drove uh, the wheels off of that thing. Uh, there was not necessarily there, – there there weren't anybody who really stood out for me. I thought it was great that Charles had a had a competitive Ferrari, competitive with, uh, you know, two through uh, eight. But, I mean, the, the, the reality is is that uh, after this weekend, I don't know what you have in Mercedes still. I don't know what you have in McLaren still. I don't know if anybody at Ferrari knows. I think you should be pretty excited if you're these other teams because you go, look, we're going to the summer break, and we're kind of all right there and that should at least give some hope to these teams uh, talking about two through seven on the grid, I guess. Yeah, there's lots of opportunity there for um, everyone to still fight for the second in the Constructors' Championship. And I think Spa was interesting because we went into it hyped on Williams and hyped on McLaren, but for two different reasons. That Williams Williams is really good in a straight line and McLaren is really good, you know, high downforce. But I think that what that showed is that they were both too kind of extreme in their approaches and, you know, Williams was getting crushed in the middle sector because they got no downforce. And McLaren was getting crushed in the first and third sector because they've got too much drag where Red Bull was able to to just kind of uh, have a, a more of an all around setup. And uh, in, you know, Mercedes as well. And, and um, you know, Fernando finishing fifth is a little bit better than he's been doing recently. So um, I, I think it's interesting. You got Aston and Will, uh, Aston and Mercedes, which are kind of like still trying to be a good all around car. Yeah. And you've got McLaren that's going all in on high downforce. And then, um, you know, Ferrari, I think there's still kind of a high speed, um, you know, they'll do better at high speed courses, kind of like a Williams. Um, but then, you know, Red Bull is just untouchable everywhere. Um, interestingly enough, I think that a lot of folks are listening at these are looking at these uh, at all these races so far and they're kind of seeing, uh, OK, you, you know who your champion is going to be, you know who the best team is going to be. Um, but it's also one of these things where, you know, I think that you look and you say there's some hope, not necessarily that, that Max is, I mean, that uh, Red Bull is going to get run down. The real question is going to be like, will they totally give up 
on this year's car, not not give up, but will Red Bull just go, you know what, we're so freaking far ahead of everybody, let's go all in on next year's car, which would be which would also be a disaster for F1 if if they really figure it out even for next for next year. Is there a way that these teams can kind of mitigate the Red Bull run that they're having right now? Or is it just like kind of kind of an inevitable that uh, that they just are going to have the, the the right car for a while till Adrian Newey goes away? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's stuff built into the regulations that tries to even the field every year, and obviously with um, uh, Red Bull having less wind tunnel time, like less aero development time this year, they'll have less next year again. So we're getting to the point where they're running out of. Uh, uh, wind tunnel time while the other teams are going to continue to be able to develop throughout this year. So yeah, they're, they're, I'm sure getting to the point where there's not really any more development on this year. They're thinking about next year and uh, let's just hope that in the back half of the season, these other teams can actually kind of catch up while Red Bull is kind of put on pause in terms of aero development. So um, yeah, we've got 10 races left. I think we're 13 races down and there's still a lot of season left for uh, these teams to do a lot of development. So um, I think that will be the, the big tell is um, what's going to happen the back half of this year. Like Lewis, I think if about a month ago or so was kind of calling for F1 to restrict teams from even being able to start working on next year's car before the season's over with, which is, I think, just impossible to enforce. Right. I don't know how you would you would do no, that. No, I mean, I think um, just by itself to, to be able to make the argument of, listen, the safety regulations on their own would be enough for somebody to go, we need to always be – developing how to make this car safer for our driver. You could always throw that in there and go, we're not allowed to touch the car till the, till the end of the season or, or until the next season starts up. Uh, you're asking a lot for these guys and you're probably asking some people to lose their jobs at some of these factories. They're already asking, they're already asking people to look forward to these, to these races. They're already asking full teams inside of these teams to work on uh, next year's car. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to just ask half your team to twiddle their thumbs and just be like, okay, you know, we can't uh, we can't think about next year's car at all because this year's car influences next year's car. So and it's just a, a unrealistic scenario for sure. Uh, OK, now that we've gotten through the Belgian Grand Prix and it was just such a nail biter, uh, just like all the rest. <laughs> Although I will say there was a little part of me that was kind of excited when uh, Lewis got that fastest lap on the very final lap of it only because and not that we'll ever know what was said, uh, you know, by Max, maybe in the post-race, you know, uh, debrief that they have, maybe a couple of Dutch cuss words, but uh, that kind of stuff irks Max because he's too he's too intensive of a of, an, of a uh, uh, of a competitor, right? I mean, like that that's the kind of thing, and that's probably what makes him such an insane uh, driver in the first place. But uh, him getting nipped a, a, an extra point from of all people, Lewis Hamilton, just for fun to be like, <laughs> you know, kind of give him the old. You know, from from however far away the middle finger. I mean, he couldn't even see the middle finger from how far away he was. But uh, I think that was kind of fun for him. Let's go through some of our end of the or end of the first part of the season. I know it's not technically the half of the year, but when they take the summer break, we kind of uh, make it the de facto half of the season. So let's go through some of these. I have not, or you tell me, have we gone through these yet? Have I given you the opportunity to make these yet, or is this right off the top of your head? Oh, top of my head. We okay. have not heard it. I have not heard any of these. Okay, yet. perfect. All right, so let's go first. I, I think best driver, it'd be pretty easy to say Max Verstappen, and so let's just kind of give that the we'll, – we'll rubber stamp that one, but let's go with – That one's out of the way. Let's yeah. go with next best driver. So second best driver, because that one is 
that's very difficult to go at right now considering the last handful of races. Yeah, it's it's hard to yeah parse through the driver versus the car development. But, man, the first name that comes to mind to me is Fernando Alonso. I feel like he's getting more out of that car than his teammate by the largest margin, and he's putting it on the podium. And he's in, you know, at the beginning of the season, he was su- super competitive um, with the Red Bull. So it's just crazy. He's, he's the kind of the old dog on the grid, but I think he's at top form. So I'm going to give that one to Fernando. Okay. So um, I wonder if – see, Fernando was – like, I think uh... – because I get the recency bias thing too, where I'm like, "Yeah, Fernando is fine, except for how many how many uh, podiums was he on at the very beginning of the season? Was it three in a row? Was it four in a row? Either yeah, way, like he's been the most shocking. I certainly had the the early season success. I'm gonna go with, uh, shoot, I guess I'll, I'll I'll relinquish and I'll say and I'll say Fernando also. Although I don't think he's the second best <laughs> driver right now, and um. And and that's not to do a Simpsons like you're the second best driver so far. Like I'm, I'm I just want to I because I don't necessarily think that it's him because it, car development it might put somebody like uh, Lando there, might even put Lewis there, might even put uh, you know someone from Ferrari there. Uh, but I think we can all kind of look at that and go, all right, fine, we'll uh, we'll throw that one up in the air. But again, no one's saying Checo, <laughs> even though he's second in the points. Right, it's easy to go. Oh, he won mm-hmm. a couple of races. Of the of all the races that have been won, uh, he's won two, and then there's Max and nobody else. And so it's funny that we don't that we don't give him that respect. I guess. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm insane for saying that. But uh, okay, biggest disappointment from the year so far. Biggest driver disappointment from the year so far. This one could be pretty easy. Sergio, I think in my mind, not he, Nick DeVries, uh, the guy who got fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh well oh gosh I've, i mean yeah t- time moves fast and oh, yeah. i had already forgotten about nick that we had lost the driver so pouring out for nick. oh poor guy dan doesn't even yeah. respect you enough to think that you still existed in uh in the sport okay all right checo yeah. could oh, be che- yeah checo's a good pick though because um compared to what you should be doing and again he's second in the points race so i mean i guess we can't be too upset about it it's just your relative to the equipment that he's in. I have to feel like he's been the biggest disappointment because the rest of us want to see him fighting for the championship and think, why is he not right there on pace every single week with Max? So uh, I, I, I think I'd put him there, man. Some of the other ones, I think Charles has been pretty disappointing this year after a super competitive uh, 2022 with a title fight that he had going into through the first half of the season that uh, I just, I don't know. I just look at him and I feel like he's he's really down on himself. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of had, he's kind of moody on the radio with his team. He's down on I the team for sure. I don't think the attitude is there. But what's crazy is there's rumors that uh, that they've already inked a deal, an extension for him that he's got a a two year plus a three year driver option hmm. um, already lined up. It's not it hasn't been official, but that's the rumor flying around that he's sticking with Ferrari. Um, I love how you're like really stretching to give an award for the worst on the grid <laughs> to Charles. You're like, but don't let's not forget about how amazing Charles has been and how bad uh, and how kind of a crummy teammate he's been. Uh, speaking of like, in, what's crazy about that is too, is that Carlos Sainz has been absolutely forgettable in most of this too. Like I just, like you don't even think about, I don't even think about Ferrari. Yeah. 
And it and it's disappointing because it because Charles just had a podium and then they're all, hey man, third place is like, yeah, it's okay. You know, and just like you were saying, I mean, to what you were saying, it was just like he's disappointed in himself, he's disappointed in the team. Uh I don't know. I mean, this is a guy who's probably over overperformed a little bit in the recent in his recent drive. So let's go with this one then. This one has a little bit more of a positive spin to it. Most improved driver and or most improved team. Or both. Um, I'm going to say most improved team has to go to Austin Martin, uh, Aston Martin for sure. Uh, m- most improved driver. That is a good one. Maybe Yuki or, uh, Albon. I might give that, give it to them. I think those two are getting surprising results in their cars. Uh, and it's cool to see them running in the points. Um, I mean, you can, there's no wrong answer here, Dan. Yeah. But you were wrong for sure. Like, on the- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to go. So I agree with you on Aston Martin. Um, I'm going to say Nico Hulkenberg has been like, he's, Hulk, show- yes. I mean, yeah. Hulk has been, he's shown up and this is a guy who, how long was he out of a seat? Two years? Or was it just one? I'm trying to at figure least, out what the. No, at least two. Yeah. 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 I mean, but he showed up and he like, he's put himself in Q3, like a handful of times. Was he on the front row? Maybe on one of those, uh, or, or, or at least like maybe in a sprint race. Remember when he led that sprint race? I think maybe uh, three or four races ago for like seven laps or something like that. I mean, it's just insane, and you yeah, can't do that yeah. unless you have you know something put together. So uh, I'd say I'd say Nico That's on the one. on the uh, most improved, just because we haven't seen him in the sport for a, a minute. Uh, what about biggest surprise? Could be team, could be driver. Uh, I would say Oscar Piastri. Okay. I think a rookie that in the last few weeks is competing for podiums, putting the car on the front row of the grid. Um, I think, you know, the way he came into the sport was uh, very dramatic. And I think it was, I was kind of down on him just thinking like, man, he really rug pulled uh, Alpine there. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, and every, there was so much talk about Nick DeVries as being like the golden child. Like he was coming in 28 years old, tons of experience, won a championship in uh, Formula E and, and F2. And, you know, he flamed out like we've already talked about. And then I think Piastri is showing that he's legit. Yeah. So I think he's my biggest surprise. Uh, I, I'd, I'd throw in a positive for the mo- for most surprising with kind of McLaren overall. I was really glad to see that they kind of figured their stuff out and that Lando has been – as he had two second, I think he said two P twos, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. and that, that I mean, considering where they were at the beginning of the year, those are legit P twos, dude. Those aren't like hey, a handful. Remember, I mean, it just seems like everybody is driving so much better right now. Nobody is putting each other out of the race that much. Um, you're not seeing nearly as many DNFs. The reliability, even though these are new cars, newish cars and newish regulations, I think everybody's done a pretty good job of of staying on track and, and keeping their cars to the end of the race. So I, I would say McLaren is the biggest surprise for me as a team, just because I assumed that they'd kind of thrown in the towel on the year. And you probably could have, because everybody else said, yeah, you know what, you guys kind of stink, but kudos to them because they probably um, saved Lando looking around at least for a minute, you know, somewhere else outside yeah. of, uh, of the MTC. And so I think that, uh, I think that one was a big one. And then my negative on biggest surprise is Alpine. Like, uh, yeah. Gasly's been uh, not very good, but firing your technical director, firing your team principal, 
Uh, all those things adding up into one mean you guys have basic. You guys have basically thrown up the white flag, which is appropriate for the French team. I didn't want to have to say that, but here we are. And <laughs> I think that I think that like that they're definitely underperform. Not just underperforming. I mean, like poor Otmar. Like he he rolled in. He had the rug pulled out from under him with a young driver. He kind of treated the Fernando situation like like. Uh, like it was, oh, Fernando's just big-timing us. We can't even get a hold of him. And now we're starting to find out that the reality of that was is they fumbled that deal, and uh, they, they they botched it. So Alpine's been a massive surprise in the sense that we thought they were that we thought they were going to be right there with everybody else, and they should be. But you think about mm-hmm. the last like a uh, few races, despite Ocon's uh, you know drive this last week, uh, this team has been miserable all season long so far. So. I'll throw them in there. Biggest underachiever, considering what they should be. I'll go with Mercedes. Um, mm-hmm. You think about what the backing is. You think about what the expectations are. You think about how uh, recent history puts them winning, being the being Max Verstappen. I mean, Lewis Hamilton was Max Verstappen, you know, in terms of the equipment that he was in. Nobody could touch him. The races got boring, lest we forget that, uh, you know, that's where we were every race. And it wasn't just – it was like – you know, it was Lewis, it was Valtteri. I mean, it, that team was untouchable, and they had seasons, you know, they had constructors, titles wrapped up, same type of thing this time of year. And I'd say underachieving, and uh, I'd say that, uh, yeah, I'd say that, that uh, Mercedes should be doing a lot better than they are. I think the easy answer would probably be Ferrari, but uh, for me, Mercedes has been disappointing too. Yeah, Ferrari's the other one that comes to mind that they should be performing way more than they are. I mean, they're they're right now the fourth or fifth fastest team on the grid. I mean, that is a serious underachievement for, you know, we used to talk about the best of the rest and like the best were Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes and the rest was everybody else. And there's, I don't think we talk about them in the same way anymore. Right. Uh, the other team that comes to mind is Haas. Like they have just, I, I mean, Nico has done an amazing job qualifying. He can put down a crazy lap. Um, the racing has been a bit harder. And then, um, uh, uh, Magnuson has just been a, a complete donut. I think all year he's just—I don't think he's done anything consequential. <laughs> and you know, this is the year that they were supposed to make big strides because yes. they got the big new sponsor. They're they're spending to the cost cap, all that. And I just think that they're—you know—if they're not, uh, you know, careful, they they might end up dead last in the the points after you know once Williams and AlphaTauri kind of get get going a bit more. All right, I'm going to give you one guess, one big guess on what uh, on what team is going to surprise us in the second part of the season here after the summer break is over. Although, I mean, you know, it's, teams aren't really developing in the in the break; they're not allowed to really work technically. So, uh, who makes who makes uh, the second part of the season uh, it kind of continues maybe on a path of success, and then who doesn't? I think Alpha Tauri might be one that surprises us. I think that they might be. There seems to be like a a, a kind of a, a shift mind, mindset shift going on there at that team. They know that next year they're moving to Red Bull or moving to England to be close to Red Bull right. and use their same facilities. They're getting a new team boss. Uh, the some bigwig from Ferrari is coming over to be the new team mm. boss starting next year. You got you know Danny Ricardo's bringing in a bunch of energy. Yuki's fighting for you know his his spot on the team. So I think that you'll see AlphaTauri make a a big switch in strategy to being much more like the Red Bull junior team than the just like kind of associated with Red Bull, but we're really our own thing over here in Italy. 
And I think <laughs> with all the access that they have there to the Red Bull stuff, I, I have to think that they um, see a, a large improvement and leapfrog some of these bottom of the field teams. This might be a, uh, a moment that it, it might be harder to do. So I'm going to put you through your paces here, but uh, favorite moment of the year so far. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh man. I'll share one. You start thinking about it. I think that, yeah. And, and we forgot about it because I, I was actually kind of going through and trying to figure out what, what kind of some cool moments were. Do you remember how exciting the Australian Grand Prix was? Like that was a, and it stinks too. Because, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that because it's like, I loved all those crashes, man. Like I love the it two Alpines, the, the two Alpines putting themselves in the, uh, uh, you know, in the ditch and having both of those pink cars next to each other against the wall at Albert Park was quite wild. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, uh, Carlos Sainz getting penalized that one for, for I think, uh, spinning out Alonzo. And then, um, you know, there were, there were th- I think there were three red flags. And, and I think they even ended under, I mean, I, I can't remember how it ended, except for the fact that it was just like, yep, that's it. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> show's over. Yeah, it was a, it was another red flag. And then they did a single, like, parade lap around yeah. and they finished under the safety Right, and, yeah. and, and, and that's usually boring. But I think the, the race overall kind of showed us, one, okay, this is not just a Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, uh, maybe McLaren. I mean, we were starting to see Aston Martin go, nah, man, we're the second-best team. And they're not now. I don't I don't think we look at them and say, no, they're for sure the second-best team uh, on the grid. And so that was kind of a, a moment where we had sort of a, uh, you know, it, it was a it was a two-lap shootout kind of to finish but it wasn't it wasn't really I mean I I just really love that whole race overall it just felt exciting there was there were a lot of moments in there so uh all right but there was a moment for you where you were at least yelling at the screen at some point maybe that was yeah I can't remember what it that's was. what I'm gonna say yeah yeah I would say Silverstone and have uh seen McLaren get up yeah. there and Lando taking the lead there at the beginning and then even fighting I mean, after the safety car kind of fighting and keeping up like I believed like for Three or four laps, I believed. <laughs> McLaren is back. They figured it out. Mika Hakkinen was right. They are going to fight for this win. Uh, so I would say that's a that's a top memory. And then um, uh, I, I think Monaco uh, was a great race with the rain coming in and out and all the tire strategies and Alonzo, um, you know, uh, if not for that bad pit strategy call that they made, I think he would have won that race. I, that was a pretty exciting one. Uh these are these are off piste a little bit on the uh, on awards, but biggest baby of the year has to go to Total Wolf so far. Um, <laughs> it, like yeah. the whiniest billionaire you've ever met, and we have a lot of whiny billionaires, right? Not necessarily in this sport. He might be the only one, but Total Wolf, like just we're throwing in the towel, like we're just being so yeah. no side pod. We are going back to something <laughs> totally different. We're gonna have a different car concept. Uh, I like he was he's just so pouty and and I think he's a little bit grumpy too that he doesn't get like when when Mercedes isn't performing the camera is hardly ever on him anymore and I think that bums him out a little bit yeah yeah before you even said Toto my mind was yeah Mercedes <laughs> as a whole I think yes. both Lewis and George have been pretty whiny this whole year yeah um and you know it's like they don't it's like they have no memory of their own stint of like seven years eight years of championships 
and like they don't they don't think of that at all they just say like oh we really got to fix the sport you know it's not good for the sport to no, have one everything team so is dominant that's exactly right everything <laughs> is everything is like uh, the sport is broken but but like this is the same toto is the same guy i love how my, toto is just is he austrian he has to be because <laughs> because he's, he's, he's just, just Ar- as yeah, arnold. He's, arnold he's just yeah. arnold and so when he's like the package is not competitive, you know, and, 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 and then when he says we're, we're not getting the respect, you know, and, and, and the sport is broken and he, and he goes through all these things and then everybody goes, dude, like, where have you been? What is, what are you, what are you doing? And then when he also just goes, when I think part of it has been, you know, he pounds the table and stuff. And I think he wants that as a reaction. He, you know, there's no, there's no mm-hmm. more Michael. No, like there's no there's no more <laughs> of that because they're not even competing. But this is the same guy who, the only like when we first got to know him during Drive to Survive, what was it? The stopwatch is always uh, the only thing that matters. And you're going, <laughs> <laughs> remember? Like that was his whole theme. You know, it's like He's he shows super up, German, yeah, and he just doesn't do stopwatch. is the only thing. and and you go except for when you're losing, and then it's like, no, we cannot develop cars early. You know, and you're going, geez, man, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Okay. Uh, any other any other uh, last minute awards you want to throw in there? I've got. I mean, those are the only ones I had. They were just kind of the the normal ones. But I wanted to uh, give you the opportunity to throw any out there that you felt like were. Uh... Let's do okay. So most embarrassing moment of the season. <laughs> I'm gonna say most embarrassing moment was Joe Guan Yu screwing up the race start uh, at, in um, uh, was it Hungary? He you know he qualified fifth, amazing qualifying, and then screws up the race start. Uh, and everyone has to go around him, and then he uh, runs into the Alpines and knocks them out of the yeah. race. And I, I think that's the most embarrassing moment. Uh, uh, I, you know what? <laughs> Again, Dan, no wrong answers, but shall we forget when F1 paraded out all of its media people onto the pit lane before Esteban Alcon oh, came my in? gosh. Yes. <laughs> like, that was a possible disaster. Yeah, most uh, yeah disastrous moment. Yeah, most embarrassing for F1 and the FIA maybe. Uh, but yeah, for a driver, I mean, I'm teaching my kid to drive a stick right now, and I was like, "Hey, don't be Joe Guan Yu and and stall it here and have everybody run around <laughs> us at this light here." So uh those are all those uh, anyone else any other ones you want to throw in there uh i would say most forgettable season is maybe Valtteri botas like Ooh. we never talk about him that's true you know at least that's... joe Guan you does some things that are kind of exciting like Valtteri, he's just like there with five points like it's <laughs> oh, is it from only what five from what he's come from you know uh at mercedes and winning races well it's uh it's and, sad to see. and like everybody's everybody is waiting for him to be semi-fun like everybody wants to cheer for Valtteri because he's at a low he's at a, he's at Alfa Romeo and maybe Alfa Romeo's throwing it in because they're going who cares we're Sauber next year and then we're Audi after that who cares uh but the reality is is that yeah everybody everybody wants a guy like Valtteri to do well and he's just not he's not performing he's not performing uh I will say somebody with with unreasonable expectations going into the second half of the season Alex Albon like everybody's like this guy is going to finish at the top. And then I think that Williams has a fast car on the straights and nowhere else on uh, anywhere on planet earth. And so it's hard to, it's hard to suddenly ask a, a lot of Williams. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I think one more, I, I think one of the, we could put this under the biggest surprise category, but Fernando Alonso's general demeanor and attitude this year Oh my! from being 
what he was last year to this year is like Mr. Friendly. Like, and he's like making comments of like, oh, I saw Lance's turn because I was watching television while I was while driving. While I was and, like in third you know, place. He, yeah. His, yeah. His pass was cool. Like that's been a surprise to see his. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and also too, did you see <laughs> there, were the, there, they, there was a highlight from the pre-race uh, from this last race. There was, uh, they were singing the Belgian uh, national anthem and it looked like some dude out front, like Elton John, he had a cape <laughs> and he had the Elton John sunglasses <laughs> and he was just like so goofy and they're panning across all the drivers and who are trying to be respectful right it's a national anthem and then they got this and guy like, <laughs> you could tell everyone's just trying to not laugh like george russell you could tell is like biting his lip and they get to alonzo and alonzo does like the jim halpert look into the camera right. and just gives it this look gives of, it the like, office this is so stupid like, oh my gosh this is ridiculous uh man it's been it's been a good 13 races and despite the fact that we might complain about it we're probably watching one of the more historic, uh, you know, a legend in the making with Max Verstappen and just an insane driver. So we could be we could be grumpy about it, but the reality is is we're watching a guy who's pretty darn good, and I think he's going to be good for a long, long time. And so um, that's, that that those are my thoughts on the first part of the season here, and we've got a whole second half that we're going to be able to go through as well on the podcast, uh, Dan been a good front half here let's have a good second half huh yeah let's do it okay for dan jimenez i'm alex keery we'll be back again uh next week we'll turn out some of these during the the summer break we don't want to leave you guys in the lurch and frankly we don't want to not talk about it as well so for dan and alex we'll see you next time everybody